Now, like I said, we've got some great speakers for you. Kate, Bobby, Malaya. Uh, let's travel to Wicklow. Bobby, please, can you unmute and start saying what you want to say? And um, yeah, much love to all of you. Thank you. I'm going to shut up. Thank you, Mark. Uh, really put me on the spot. So thanks. <laughs> Before we start, I'd just like to say in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you all. So my name is Bobby and I didn't drink today. I have no desire to drink today. So just a quick qualifier. Um, you know, I used to love drinking and I even loved it when it was doing me hard. And I still didn't want to stop for a very long time. And um, it took me a long time to realize the actual harm that it was doing to me and for it to sink into, you know. I could admit that I was an alcoholic, you know. Once it was actually said to me by an outside person, you know, I didn't um, throw off my God, no, I don't believe it. That's not true. I fairly conceded quick enough in regards to the label. Now, what actually it meant what was a different story. And again, that took me a while to grasp, you know. So, um, yeah. By coming to the meetings and identifying with people and listening to what people are sharing in regards to, you know, the insecurities and how alcohol um, quelled them a little bit to help them express themselves in a way that they felt like they couldn't express themselves, um, I could really identify with, you know. Um, but also that alcoholic label and that powerlessness i also um, embraced that while i was drinking as well you know um you know i kind of took on a sick role in, in a lot of ways you know oh, i'm an alcoholic oh poor me you know what can i do about it you know so you know i decided to kind of disregard that kind of language for me personally because i felt like um it, it was turning into a yeah, an excuse in a lot of ways, you know. And I was always quite prone um, to to uh, taking on uh, identities as well. So um, and that caused me some 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 trouble in the past in regards to expectations and how to orientate my life. So I, I was I'm a bit wary of it. I'll just say that much. However, you know, I I'm not um, in any disillusion of what alcohol did for me and what what it didn't do for me. And uh, the harm that it caused. So, um, just one second, stick on a timer. So, to complete my step one, you know, cost benefit analysis for me was, was the key, you know. Um, I had to look at the pros and cons of my using and um, the pros and cons of not using and using. You know, the benefits for, for alcohol, you know, to sum it up quite quickly, or to, a lot of them are very short term, you know. Help me have fun, help me express my my subjectivity, you know, make me feel normal in order to express myself more confident, you know, relieved a bit of stress. And it also, you know, helped me celebrate in a lot of ways. So, you know, alcohol was a comfort. It was there through good times, through bad times, through boring times, through medium times. It's just there, you know. And um, yeah, my my life was pretty much just geared around um, you know, and just around, you know, going to work. Uh, you know, then leisure time was drinking and then repeat that cycle again. And now once I hit adulthood, you know, maybe marry, get kids and have a home. And, you know, there was no 
idea of growth there or development or you know harnessing certain skills or gaining mastery over anything um part of me kind of thought that i'd just be handed everything to me in a way you know and in some respects i was kind of lucky enough to be in a position where i could have been in that position where you know i just follow suit with my father and the family business and you know build a house and the family land and all that kind of stuff but all that went uh, way worse anyway so I kind of was left at kind of a existential crisis by the age of 17 18 and yeah alcohol was there for that you know and as all them parts of my identity and how I wanted to orientate my life started to to kind of erode away for a while you know I, I then started to take alcohol more and more um into my lifestyle and integrate it into my identity and it started to become all of what I was and what I wanted to be, you know. So I was very short-sighted in in my uh, in my plans for my life. You know, if I lived to 30, I'd be quite happy, you know. Live young or live fast, die young. That was kind of my motto, you know. And then when I started to hit the age of 30, I started to shit it, right? <laughs> it was like, oh no, time's time's catching up on me. And you know, the cost of drinking, you know, damage to health. Uh, my relationships were non-existent um, they wouldn't even get to a point of damage you know because people would just split particularly romantic ones you know and lucky enough my mother and family members were familiar with Al-Anon so they had their own tools to uh, to uh, help themselves you know which is very beneficial um, you know I've been arrested finances all that kind of stuff and you know a lot of them cons were long term compared to short term gains of a of a drinking you know and then when when not using or doing you know the benefits were, were very long term and a lot of them were actually um you know improve improvement of health improve relationships uh, safety and job uh, stay out of jail um won't lose my home my relationships i also regained a lot of self-respect for myself and i think that was most importantly for me you know i completely demoralized myself you know, my moral compass was based, again, on what people thought. So if I was in an environment that thought was acceptable, but really I didn't feel was acceptable type behaviour, I'd probably pursue it anyway. And I'd say the alcohol is that maybe care less about that, you know. So there, are a lot of, there was a lot of regret around all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and because of that demoralisation, as we hear, you know, people talk about, you know, it, it drastically uh, impacted on my mental health, you know, and my sense of pride was completely deflated. Um, costs of uh, not using, very limited costs, very short term, you know. Boredom was a big thing for me. Um, what would I do with all this time? You know, and it put such a negative skew on it that, uh, you know, it, it made it hard for me to see the benefits really. Um, you know, as far as I was concerned, you know, these very limited, um, you know, cost of not using, in my mind, completely outweighed the, the pros of not using. And once I started to write all this down in a, in a cost-benefit analysis type thing, and pinned it onto my wall and I looked at it every day, that really ingrained the whole idea of, you know, uh, what can not drinking actually do for me? You know, how will it benefit me? Rather than sitting around, oh, powerless over alcohol, and, you know, kind of lashing myself a bit, like and using that fear-based type 
approach uh, to, to stay off alcohol, you know, and that, that's kind of how I did my step one, you know. And then uh, once I stopped uh, uh, drinking, um, you know, I, I kind of, this time around, I kind of stopped going to AA, you know. Um, it, there was just a whole aspect of, you know, sitting around and talking and listening that wasn't very proactive for me. Um, you know, I kind of socially awkward or introverted as well, you know, and, you know, just sitting around in a group setting and expressing vulnerable parts of myself, you know, I never really felt good after it, you know. Um, it's a bit different now. And the very other reasons why, why I was avoiding AA, you know, the God thing, you know, the kind of, you know, powerless over alcohol turned into, you know, powerless over people, places and things. Like, and that just didn't gel with me because my self-esteem was quite low. So I needed a bit of pride and a bit of dignity and a bit of like, Oof, you can do it type stuff, you know. I got it sometimes in the meetings, but the general team of the meetings I was going to wasn't necessarily like that. There was more focus on, you know, defects and all this kind of stuff, which, you know, was fine. Well, it was very quite one-dimensional, I suppose. Uh, like myself, anyway, I was quite a one-dimensional person coming into AA, you know. So I, I, I was worried about like boxing myself off into this narrative fallacy of kind of this is the way it is, this is the way my story was, so this is the way it ought to be and where it's going to be, you know. And I and I done that before in previous attempts at AA, and I felt like I wasn't being true to myself. Um, yeah, so you know, I, I did a lot of other stuff. Like I did some reading, you know, I read a lot and I found all that quite helpful. Uh, some of it was was addiction type stuff, um, you know, Gabor Mate. Um, I found him to be very helpful and kind of reading a bit more into the actual, you know, the, the brain health side of things of addiction. You know, and I felt that a bit more, um, that solidified a bit better uh, for me, the whole concept of, you know, the, of drinking and how addiction can actually be biologically based because the disease type model, especially the one that's that's kind of proposed in a, the doctor's opinion, uh, kind of lost its way uh, for me, particularly when I found out that, you know, I just realised how long ago it was written and that, perf- you know, the more I educated on it, that professional kind of status of Dr. Silkwork kind of dissipated and it kind of I didn't see the reality in it for me, you know. So um, yeah. So another another thing I use for, you know, in regards to uh, coping with the loss of addiction was um, was music. You know, I listened to a lot of music in my in my early days of not drinking, and you know what I really liked about it was okay, I could rationalize the songs, but it really helped me to sink into the emotions of the loss. And not just the loss of alcohol, all the losses and frustrations and disappointments that that of myself and of others when I'm drinking, you know. Um, you know, one of the particular song I really liked was a, you know, was an Irish song by Christy Moore um, called The Contender. And, you know, part of me when I was a teenager, I wanted to be a boxer, you know, and then things got in the way and I got in the way and that fell to the wayside. I never went back to it. And it was always something I always wanted to go back to and I did in the end, which I'm happy, you know, but the song is kind of like, it just highlights my progression of drinking, you know, and it starts off, you know, when I was young and in my day, I could steal a woman's heart. There was a way, you know, sing and dance till the morning, blaze away until the dawn before 
I am the man I see today, you know, and then towards the end, it's it's like that man in the mirror and there in the mirror on the wall, I see the dream is fading for the contender to the brawl. And, you know, that was it for me, you know, I had big ambitions like everybody in their 20s. And then I just hit like kind of, you know, completely flunked out of it and a lot of it. And even when I was drinking, I was quite cognizant of why I'm falling short and I could identify from a very early time that I was to booze, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it was, a uh, yeah. So in regards to step two, then I'm only going to stop talking about two and three because I haven't got a whole lot of time and uh, it gives time for other people to, to share about it, you know. Um, step two, you know, there's the whole God aspect. So, you know, I just... Uh, change that to you know believing in myself you know and identifying the resources within me and trusting myself and people and also having a bit of faith in the world as well because you know I had a skewed version of the world and everybody was out to get me you know this kind of stuff so I need to have trust in humanity as a whole you know and that's kind of how, how I get that feeling of hope you know, and, you know, by being in the rooms, I get to sense that as well because of that common purpose type thing of staying away from the first drink, you know. And, um, yeah, as I said, that gives me a feeling of hope, which then leads to uh, kind of like a good sense of I believe in myself. I can do this, you know, not that I know it. You know, of course, I'm going to need the help of other people. I know, and that's what I really liked about Sector AA because, it didn't, I didn't get a feel that I could do it, you know. It was always, you can do it, but not without God type thing. And I just didn't believe in that, so so I can't do it, what, like, you know. So that prevented me from doing the steps. And then with that whole aspect of the God thing on it, I just got a sense of control in it, you know. And, of course, that made me deviate or be antisocial within AA. So I kind of rejected everything I had to offer. So one of the benefits of secular for me is there isn't that sense of, ooh, you know, you need to do this or else, you know, or this is the only way or, you know, that impression that's the only way. You know, and one of the ways I used to, uh, uh, which the way I still do is um, to get that motivation to keep going is identify my needs and my values, you know. When I went into Smart Recovery and what I really like about the secular AA by BW book is that, you know, it has Maslow's hierarchy and needs in there. And meeting those needs by myself and identifying other people that can help me meet those needs as well was very, very empowering and very simple, you know, very easy. You know, and I also did a hierarchy of values, you know, what's important to me and through my drinking time was that... Um, did I act like that was important? Family, friends, uh, work, money, all that kind of stuff. I could say that that's what I want, but I wasn't practicing what I was preaching, you know? So again, that helped me in a way to orientate what, what I was going to work towards, you know? And one of the greatest feelings, you know, when I really knew I was on the right track was, you know, that I wasn't scared of the, of the prospect of not drinking again. You know, I just felt really good about it, you know, and that's what I kind of knew. I kind of found the power, you know. Um, and a word about power for me, like power in its pure form is a form of my self-expression, you know. Uh, my own experience, uh, my wants, my needs and my desires, you know. 
Um, but also all them need to be kind of beneficial for other people as well. It can't just be about my own subjective well-being, you know. It has to be in harmony with society as well. So, of course, I have my own will, but also my will is shaped by, by the environment too. And I need to get in tune with that to navigate social situations effectively and to have sane and sound judgments. And when it comes to the whole idea of sanity, insanity, you know, I just, I just frame it as well-being and mental health or thinking would be part of that, you know. So, you know, when I think about step two, I think about going back to well-being, which is physical, intellectual, uh, linguistically, emotionally, socially and spiritually, if you want. But, you know, I just see spirituality as how I relate to the world, being material or immaterial. And, you know, how do I relate to myself, to thoughts, feelings and emotions? And tuning in with my body as well was, was a big thing for me because I was quite up here a lot of the time. And when I started doing yoga and stuff like that and meditating, I really started to get in tune with my body, you know, and that helped me in meetings because it helped me identify a bit more quicker because I was a bit more in tune with my emotions. So when I heard something that I resonated, it really sparked off in me and it was something that I didn't like, you know, at the same time, it would, it would come out on me, you know. And I suppose for me, um, when I'm coming to, like, uh, self-determination, you know, that concept of, of self-efficacy is very important for me, you know, and I think that's what I get out of the rooms, you know. I can compare my progress to other people and their competence in their performance, and by their competence, I see that something's working for them. So I can adopt that too and have confidence in myself. If, if that's working for somebody or helping somebody, that may help me too. So it kind of um, helps with the self-doubt of, of, of that, that leap of faith, if you will, and helps me make, uh, have the wisdom to make decisions in uncertainty. You know, as I said, you know, being attuned with my body and my emotions and the yoga and all that, that, that that's a part of it too and it helps me. You know, and in AA, you know, I get the encouragement and the support to quit, you know, and a bit of guidance from a few helping friends has been monumental to me, especially on a one-to-one -one basis, because as I said, I'm not much of a, of a group type, type guy. So, you know, having that space to feel comfortable and do that was A1 for me, you know, can't complain. Um, I'm a happy customer. And one thing also to help my recovery along was identifying, you know, what more my positive and negative um, experiences of uh, influences in my life and what was I good at, at performing while I was drinking and using that as a tool to build on my strengths rather than focusing on the, the negative, right? So all that kind of stuff helped me, you know, build on strengths and build up my self-esteem a bit. You know, but however, you know, self-esteem for me became a bit toxic because I, I did start to become overinflated a bit. And that did, then I started to relate to a bit more about what I was saying in the big book to a degree about that, you know, false pride and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what made me uh, go into doing the steps and engage in the process, you know, because I could see that in myself, you know. Um, yeah, and, you know, one last thing, when it comes to step three and all that, you know, 
that whole concept of I'm not God, I don't know, or I don't, yeah, I don't know everything. Um, especially that thing about I don't know is very important because you know, all those limited beliefs I had about myself and the world and those grand narratives, you know, kind of held me back a lot. You know, as I said, I took a lot of a, a path of least resistance, if you will, you know, and I really started had to question all the things that I've been taught and learned and all the traditions and even the traditions in AA. And it wasn't to disregard them, let's say, but just to get an understanding of traditions in my life and in AA and kind of, then I could choose then, do I adopt this or not, you know? So I used to be very hung up about relationships and breakups and you know, divorces. You know, and that came from an old idea that, you know, uh, marriage or relationships is, is a thing under God and it's sacred and all that kind of stuff even if I didn't believe it that attitude was still there and you know I, I, I kind of stayed in relationships because of that kind of, of thinking you know so that kind of things I had to question to help free up my thinking and my mind and have a bit of flexibility in how I make decisions in my day-to-day life you know and that whole thing of you know, I had a real trouble when I was drinking about feeling like I was an object. I was watching the world go by, right? And, you know, drinking brought out my subjectivity sometimes. But when I was drinking, but not sober, I was just shut off to the world, you know? Um, so I had to find my subjectivity, as I said, through self-esteem. But again, I couldn't, I had to be conscious that I was the only subject in this world and everybody was an object and a means to my ends. And, you know, that's the way I used to kind of look at things, like, what can you do for me? So now I just try to think with every interaction, you know, I remember Stephen Covey book, um, Seven Habits, and, you know, think win-win in every interaction, you know? Can I benefit more? Of course, great, but can, does someone else benefit from this interaction or what I am proposing? You know, and if they are, can I communicate that and can I listen to their concerns about that? And if it's a win, lose, or whatever, you know, I bit tough shit, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I've I've learned a lot through AA and through reading outside of AA, particularly. Um, I'm very happy to be here and uh, I'm quite honored to be here as well. And I'm grateful for everybody in this room who's helped me along the path, either directly or indirectly, you know. So, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that, and I'll pass on the book, and thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you, Bobby. Um, yeah, everyone, that was, that was great. I think.